Greetings, Andy Dukes here again, and welcome to Ride and Talk number 16. Oh yes, the episodes are flying by. When I was in New Zealand last month for the International GS Trophy, I managed to grab a sit-down and a chat with new head of BMW Motorrad development, Christoph Lischke, who took over the role in August. I first met Christoph last November at a BMW Tech Day event in Miramas, France, and I've been wanting to track him down ever since to see how he plans to build on BMW Motorrad's successful product development of recent years. Christoph brings a wealth of experience in vehicle development to this role. In fact, the mechanical engineer has held various development positions within the BMW Group over the past 20 years, including most recently being responsible for requirements, concepts and integration in the driving dynamics division. But it's on two wheels where he's happiest. After all, he started out racing BMX at age just eight, before moving on to motocross and enduro, where he achieved many successes, including winning the Exact No Limits event and finishing runner-up in the Master of Dirt competition. He's even finished the Roof of Africa rally twice, so was perfectly at home on the International GS Trophy trails of New Zealand's North and South Islands, where I caught up with him. Well, welcome, Christoph. Great to have you here with us in New Zealand. You're fairly new to the role of head of BMW Motorrad Development, but you're not new to vehicle development in general. What other development positions have you held within the BMW Group over the past 20 years? You've been with the group for a long time, I believe. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm at BMW for more than 20 years, and all of the time I have been in car development, so mainly in chassis development. Um, I did some some projects, uh, car projects myself as as project leader. So the one series was one of the cars I did. Um, but as I said, most of the time I was in chassis development and driving dynamics, and that's to the, what I've uh, done the last uh, three or four years. Um, I was head of driving dynamics development for cars, and that's a quite interesting shop too, I must say. You've been a motorcyclist for most yeah. of your life. You've, ever since childhood, you've had a passion for two wheels yeah. and started at a very young age, I believe. I lived my life on two wheels in dirt, yeah, I must say. Um, I started racing BMX uh, as a kid. And then as I was old enough, with, with 16, I started uh, riding bikes and, and motocross and then enduro uh, races. And I did some um, rallies in South Africa, in Croatia. Yeah, so um, as I said, I rode a lot. Uh, I love riding on the, on the roads too, but mainly I rode in dirt. So rallies, I'm thinking, what did you do? The roof of Africa maybe? Or? Yeah. How did you find that? Yeah, that's a hell of a race. It's you must be a little bit crazy to do that, but but I had the chance to do it first time in 2001. Um, unfortunately, I crashed and couldn't finish. But I said never again. And yeah, then I went again in 2003, and I finished. And I said that's it now, never again. And but I have a lot of friends in South Africa now, and so told me they told me in 2018 to come again. So. What can I say? I did it again <laughs> and finished second time. Uh, so, but now I think it's enough. But let's see. So that was a considerable gap in between Roof of Africa rallies. Uh, did you feel? Uh, did you feel the wear and tear on your body in 2018 compared oh, to yeah, 2002? Yeah. So it hurts every time you do that race. Really, it's it. it you hurt yourself. But but last time it took a long time to recover. It took me more than half a year. I broke a rib, so it was not so nice. 
Um, but it's like it is. That's the race. It's like it is. And if you go there, you know what to expect. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we are not getting younger. <laughs> so it hurts a little bit more. Is yeah. the race still in? Is the rally still in Lesotho? Yeah, yeah. So still the same, same regulation. It's getting shorter and harder. Earlier times it was longer. You rode 400, 500 k's a day. Now you only ride about 130, 150 k's. But it took me 11 hours to do this 130 k's. So you nearly can walk it faster than you ride it there. Yeah, the only time I was ever in Lesotho was when I went up the sunny pass on a GS without too much uh, tread on the rear tire, and that was an experience okay, all okay. in itself. Yeah, but it is a beautiful country, with beautiful mountains, but it's interesting how so beautiful mountains can hurt you so much. Yeah, well, there's, a, there's always good to have contrast in your life. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Absolutely. So your latest role as head of um, BMW Motorrad Development, can you explain exactly what this involves please yeah of course so as head of development um, yeah you have a lot of responsibility I must say and <clears throat> the bike the bike world is changing too like the car world yeah we have connectivity we have digitalization uh, we have e-mobility so there is a lot to do to for the future uh, the motorcycle world as I said will will change and we want to shape that that change so we have to look forward to the future many years 10 years 15 years and and must assume what what will come so that's very interesting and but still the the bike world will stay uh, emotional world and and like it is now so we have to to keep what we have today to keep our nice uh, bikes nice engines especially the combustion engines of BMW are very cool very nice very good so we have to keep that and we have to shape the future and to to develop new mobility that's very interesting yeah I mean it's all about emotion and it's great to see yeah. such emotion here at the GS Trophy and, and it's interesting what you're saying also about the future because successful product development requires you and your teams of course to, to live in the future a little bit anticipating and creating our two-wheeled desires how difficult is it though to to move between the two worlds Yeah, that's a good point. It's not it's not so easy to be honest because sometimes you have you have issues or things to do right now with bikes which are in the market or come to the market now in in some in some months uh, like our great R18. Yeah, we are in the final uh, final phase of development of that that great bike. And on the other hand, you have to live and to think in the future and and must. Uh, um, see what 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 comes there and must shape it and create it. So yeah, it's interesting. And sometimes you go from one meeting to the other and you change the time you're talking about. So that's very interesting. By quite a few years, I should imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with with such a strong product offensive that you're talking about having taken place already in mm. recent years, it's a, it's always a considerable challenge, isn't it, to maintain the Motorrad brand's current growth strategy. Yeah, you have to, to, to be very careful what you can do with a, with a brand and what not. So if you want to develop a brand in your new segment, it's very important to do that very focused and very concentrated. Um, you, you must not change too much and you must not go in a segment where you cannot put 
the brand like it is or, or, or you cannot develop the brand into it so it's again you see with the R18 we try to to um, put all our heritage in that bike of course all our new technology in that bike but uh, we want to develop the, the brand in that direction and I think the, the concept bikes are R18 shows that we can do that And it must be really exciting for, for yourself and, and your teams to be able to move into a completely new segment with the credibility yeah. simply because of the heritage of the brand over the past uh, nine, exactly. nearly ten decades. Yeah. yeah, the brand has that heritage. Uh, we have that. It's there. And yeah, we, we want to show that we can go in that segment like we did with the double R. That was a new segment for us too. And so, yeah, and we showed it with, uh, with the R90 already that we can go into the heritage, heritage segment. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm happy we have such a nice bike for it. Just to give us an indication of how far ahead you are sometimes working in, in the future, if you take an example like the RR, which, which I first saw in 2009, mm. how long ago would have people within the BMW group been talking about this kind of bike before 2000 <laughs> maybe we must ask the people who did it <laughs> yeah but you have to talk some years before about it you have to start five or six years before you want to come to the market to develop or to 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 start thinking about what bike uh, should it be what segment do you want to go in uh, how can we do it you have to do the pre-development of, of parts and technology so at least uh, six seven years before you want to be in the market you have to start with it and it must be really interesting for people within development to several years later see customers enjoying bikes if you think about an, you know an event like the gs trophy here you're seeing customers enjoying these bikes. How, how does that make you feel, you know, to see your customers really deriving maximum pleasure, maximum riding pleasure from bikes like the F850 GS it's, here? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to, to see them. It's what it's all about. Um, you see the result of your work and you know of course in the daily work you have some issues you, you must solve like it is and if you see then the customers enjoying that bike and are so happy and and what we see here uh, it's it's unbelievable and it's it's a result of our work so it cannot be better it's an unbelievable feeling Yeah, you, you get the, you get the feeling that you're, you're you know partly responsible for the joy yeah, that comes exactly. from the association. The joy is, is a result of our work, so it, it's amazing. And what about the on-road, the racing scene? I know you're in, into your racing. You know, how important has the development and the feedback been from the BMW racing family, for example, via World Superbike or, or the BMW Motorrad Race Trophy, in the development of new bikes like the new double r yeah especially in the double r it's very important because the double r is like a race bike for the road yeah? and you cannot build you cannot develop a bike like that uh, without being on the racetrack yeah? so the feedback from our riders like tom sykes is very important and it goes into the development for the next bike um, and yeah as long or uh, because it is a race bike for the road We have to, to get the feedback from, the, from our riders. And what about the team at Miramas, for example? How, how closely are you working with them in terms of development and endurance testing programs, load data, you know, for the confirmation mm. of vehicle quality and, and validation? 
No, very, very, no. Uh, we are in contact uh, all the time, and we go to Miramas and test the bikes ourselves. Um, it's it's very good. It's a big advantage to have an area like Miramas with all the all the tracks and the off-road track we have there too, uh, race tracks, and the infrastructure to to work at the bikes and to get all that results. So we work very near together, and it's an, an extremely important place for us to test. And of course, because it all goes on behind closed doors and pretty much in secret, we don't hear too much about it. There's the there's the annual BMW Tech Day where we're given some unique insights, um, but there's a lot more things that go on. So how many people and teams are working? working there towards the mechanical and the electrical and the functional validation and which of course ultimately leads to customer satisfaction mm. ah, there are a lot a lot of people working in it um, and uh, riding the bikes and looking for the results so yeah it's uh, it's very important we have to ride them in all different conditions in in all customer use cases so that's important. We want to know that the bike is okay and is good for the customer um, before we bring it to him. Now we're hearing some uh, 850GS yeah. trophy bikes going past at the moment, which sounds absolutely fantastic. The guys are having fun. They're having a lot of fun, yeah. And in the previous GS Trophy in Mongolia, I remember there was a, a special bike there that I think was being used for validation testing. It was being used before the trophy during the Marshall scouting mm. uh, for testing lots of different types of load data. Would there be anything similar that's happened this year here at the GS Trophy? Yeah. No, we have no, no special bike here at the GS Trophy this year. Uh, we are concentrating completely on all the customers riding the bike. Um, around 140 riders uh, so this time we only concentrate uh, to the event and and uh, to the customer I found it really fascinating in Miramas to hear the stories of the different riders around the world who are using these bikes in many different riding situations encountering all types of different load surfaces and, and, and different types of terrain purely so that you can get the maximum amount of load data for the future development yeah, of it's, bikes. It's important to know what the, what the customers are doing with the bikes and to get the data so you, we can develop the, the bikes uh, fitting into the regions um, where we want to sell it. And a New Zealand or Australian customer has um, an other use case than a German or, or English or Italian rider. So we want to learn everything about the riders all over the world and meet their requirements. And that's very and so it's very important to to get the data. And moving forwards in in your role, looking looking towards the near future, what would you say are your biggest challenges? That is. Um, the points I mentioned before, uh, connectivity and e-mobility and regulations all over the world are the biggest challenges because the regulations, as you know, are not the same in the different countries, so, but they are getting sharper and sharper. Uh, so to meet all that um, is very difficult all over the world. Um, same time, uh, the bike world is changing to e-mobility and to connectivity. So I would say that to to create that future and to to develop the right bikes uh, for that new markets and new use cases is the biggest challenge. 
and electrification being obviously a very big part of your development yeah, strategy. Yeah. It definitely, it it is definitely already. Uh, it will it will start uh, in urban areas. So e-mobility will happen mainly in urban areas first because there are, there is an infrastructure for it um, to charge the bikes and. Um, the use case of the customer meets uh, um, opportunities of e-mobility very good in urban areas. Uh, so it will take a while uh, until we see e-mobility in, in other um, bike segments too. Um, but it will come in some years. So, but we have to see when is the right time to, to start it. We need the right infrastructure to, to charge the bikes and we need um, the right range that you really can ride a bike like, like a roadster, for example. And I'm saving possibly the hardest question to answer to the last, but how do you ensure that we keep the emotion, keep the passion, keep the joy in our future motorcycling products? I don't see there a problem. Be, um, bike riding always will be emotional uh, look at the guys here having fun in the GS trophy, it's so cool it's so amazing and even if you if you have uh, e-mobility I'm definitely sure that it can be and it will be uh, very emotional there, I, there's no doubt about that uh, I don't see a problem with emotions in riding bikes yeah, I've, I've ridden quite a lot of some of the uh, e-mobility products and uh, mm. it's a lot of fun. People don't yeah. realise that in, until they try it themselves for the first time. It definitely is. Yeah. It definitely is. Well, it's been fascinating talking to you, Christoph. I really appreciate your time and I'm looking forward to both the near future and the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Cheers, Christoph. Some great insights there. It's going to be very interesting to see how you build on the successes of the development team so far, and we look forward to seeing the results in the next generations of BMW bikes. That's it for now, folks. Hope you enjoyed this latest episode. We've got loads more in the pipeline, so make sure you subscribe to Ride & Talk to get them delivered directly. Our next episode features someone who's arguably got one of the best motorcycling jobs in the world. All will be revealed in Ride & Talk 17, but until then, it's goodbye from me, Andy Jukes. Make life a ride.